that beautiful sunshine this morning 68 degrees here on columbus road they say it's going to climb up to 86 uh, today our high tomorrow 82 it's a friday It's also September 2nd. Hard to believe. This it just flies by, doesn't it? September 2nd. Today is National VJ Day. And that's uh, victory over Japan. Uh, back in, uh, what was it, 45? Something like that. Um, there was a 15 or 16 day period which covered the surrendering of Japan but it ended on this date back then September 2nd victory over Japan day it's national college colors day of course, that's green and white here in Athens, scarlet and gray in Columbus, and we could go on naming many other schools. It's National Food Bank Day. And certainly those have been very helpful during this COVID and all of that sort of thing. But they're helpful other times, too. National Lazy Moms Day. <laughs> oh, dear. Lazy Moms. I should look that up a little bit more. Let's see here. Let me grab my... Um, oh, the only thing I have in front of me here. Um, lazy Moms. Okay. During the first Friday in September, National Lazy Mom Day delegates everyday mom jobs to somebody else. Oh, I see where they're going. So this is a day when we're supposed to help all our moms with their regular duties and let them be lazy and relax. Enjoy the day. It's National Blueberry Popsicle Day. And uh, is there any flavor that you don't like? I, I can't really think of one that I don't like. 
Scott's in the studio next door working on a little project where we'd have some interaction. I'd like to know what his favorite flavor is and also maybe what he doesn't like. Oh, he just he just joined us. Scott, I was about to ask you a question. Ask away. Okay, let me turn on your mic here. Say that again. Ask away. Ask away. Okay. So today is National Blueberry Popsicle Day. And I was saying that I do like... Uh, I, w- I was saying I I like blueberry popsicles, certainly. I like, And I'm trying to think about flavors, though. And is there a flavor I don't like? And is there a flavor that is my favorite? And I can't think of either one. <laughs> so so you like them all. Right. But um, I wanted to ask you uh, your opinion on this thing. Now, do you have a favorite flavor? Cherry. Okay. Popsicles, yes. Or grape. But, I mean, in anything. It doesn't have to be just a popsicle. Oh, no. I I don't know if I could pick a favorite. So, cherry's still pretty up there. Yeah, cherry and gra- as far as popsicles, yeah. Okay. Do you have a flavor that you <clears throat> don't like? Um, mm. if, if liver would be considered <laughs> a flavor... <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm I'm a peculiar guy, as as you well know, um, <laughs> and my audience too, probably. Yes. Um, but as a child, my my mother served liver and onions often, and I loved it. And um, oh, Mister Baxter, down at the the home market doesn't exist anymore. It was just a little mom-and-pop market right in the heart of Worthington. Uh, she would just always say, cut the liver extra thin. And I loved it. And you know, I still love it. Um, what's that restaurant out by your home? Um, the cafe? The Albany Cafe? Albany Cafe. Okay. Liver and onions. Mm. And when I'm with other people, they kind of scrunch their face. <laughs> I, n- I know the, the face, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> so if that were flavor, that would be it. Okay. But um, I, I, can't, I can't think of one. Um, just about every fruit I've ever encountered, I liked. I had a pear last night that was wonderful someone had brought them to um, oh, some gathering I was at and passed out a couple of pears and a couple of apples and a couple of oranges and they said wait two days before eating you know so they're a little riper mm-hmm oh man that pear last night was good yeah I'm not sure what this is called, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, how you cook a fruit in uh, like a stovetop with syrup and uh, put a little flame to it 
a little bit of uh, flavoring to it. And I can't think of the name of that because you could do it with just about any fruit. Bananas, peaches, pears. Um, mm, mm, mm. Well, the word you're searching for, I can't help with. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, but like, no, I don't want to say. That's off that. I'll have to think of it. I don't understand. That's okay. good. Well, anyway, <laughs> the last thing we have to mention about today is <laughs> National Chianti Day. Now, I cannot recall what Chianti tastes like. I tend to be one who likes more of the sweet wines than the dry wines. And um, so I. I just don't remember Chianti, although I can remember the name all my life. And uh, they often come in little woven baskets uh, around the bottle, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're kind of neat looking. Yeah. I think I just thought of one the name I'm looking for. It's like Bananas Foster. Foster. Yeah, where it's cooked in like a, I don't know, a cognac or... And a, and a syrup with sugar, whatever flavoring of syrup you want to, and then uh, and then it's lit well, on, you, on fire with a like a one of those extended lighters, huh. and it cooks it that way, and it really flavors the fruit, whatever it is. Well, I guess I'm willing to try it. I don't think I've had that. But it, I think foster. I, yeah, and okay. pears, peaches. You can do the same thing, or you can grill them, and uh, a grilled peach. Oh. Is really good, and uh, that never the thought of such a thing. Yeah, the chef uh, that uh, was at uh, oh, what's the Italian restaurant on West Union Street? Um, starts with a C. Chiro, Chiro, yeah, that's it. Uh, he was with Kim and Ruth. Cam, uh, one Fran McFadden. Yes, his name. He's passed. Yes, who has since passed. Uh, but he was describing how he prepared those at uh mm-hmm. at chiro but uh boy it sounded See, delicious i always say Ciro, but you say chiro yeah i think that's how he pronounced it too okay. i don't know pretty sure now what um though you mentioned something which certainly brought back memories banana <laughs> yes when you od'd on bananas down in, in south america yeah ripe off the tree there is nothing more tasty. You see, what they do is they they cut the the batch off the tree. Um, I can't remember the specifics. It's like sixty days before they think they're ripe, and this huge clump falls, and a guy catches it. And it's it's a heavy, big thing to catch. And then, you know, they ship those. And then they're distributed out to markets and so on. And um, however many days it is, they're, they're cut before they're ripe. Mm-hmm. So that by the time they make the shelf of our favorite stores... You know, they still have a few days of um, 
before they're perfectly ripe. Okay. But I had the opportunity to eat them ripe off the tree. Oh, my. They were so good. <laughs> and I ate too many. And I got ill, right? Yes. Henceforth, I'm not a fan of bananas. <laughs> oh, well. Yes, folks, he OD'd yeah. on bananas. All right. But, uh, yeah, back to those flavors. I, I can't I can't come up with one. Liver and onions. I thought that was pretty good on that's, your part. That's about the best I can do yeah. right there. And, uh, let's talk about food a little more. All right. Is we are foodies. It's a Friday. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. They both start with F. Yes. Okay. Um, what is another thing? plate or dish or food that um, you know I, I would say liver and onions that's a pretty good one you brought up there are uh, there's a limited number of people who like them um, but think of something else that doesn't tip your trigger at all um, raw uncooked shrimp well why would anyone eat that? Well, I don't know. But no, I won't. I, <laughs> Unless it's soaked in t- cocktail sauce. No, 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 no. Shrimp cocktail? That doesn't do it. They, they need to be cooked. Yeah, well, I know some people now, that eat it raw. Really? Yep. Huh. Okay, I, I was unaware of that. <laughs> Um, now, I'm a shrimp nut, okay, and lobster and crab. I love it. But it has to be prepared. It can't be raw. One of my favorite uh, is down at Seoul. They have a coconut shrimp. Mm, okay. Oh, Sometimes when I don't want to eat a big meal, I'll just have that as an appetizer in um, a glass of cider or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine. That's that's all I need. Okay. Yeah, well, those are the, the two that come to mind. Now, what about you other than bananas? Let me think here. Since Some, we're, we're doing a foodie I, here. Something I don't like. I can think of. Uh, you got one for me? No, nah, no, no. I thought I did, but then raw onions, like pulled right out of the ground, the wild onions. You ever eaten those? My goodness, do they stink! <laughs> no, I, I guess I haven't experienced. That. Oh, they they smell. I they smell pretty decent, but when you eat them, wow, you'll you'll stink for a few days after that. Yeah, Thanks for the advice. I won't do it. My nieces used to eat them, just pull them right out of the ground, eat them. They'd come up and say, hi, Uncle Scotty. You know, want to hug me? I'm like, yee, wow. (laughs) Where have you been? (laughs) All right. Well, enough on that stuff. Let's let's, uh, move on to um, historical stuff. 
in the year, um, by the way, once again, today's September 2nd. And just to give you a, a tip about the next few days. Um, Ohio football starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Yes, it does. The Bobcats get underway. Go Bobcats. I have called, um, for years, I have had four seats up in the tower. Or what they call the tower club. Not the tower itself. Um, I ha- there's a lady that um, I know, and she has two seats in the same aisle. Uh, I've asked a number of people to join me at the game tomorrow. So far, I'm there alone, and so is my friend Mo. So we've, we've got six seats. <laughs> well... And two people. Go with Mo. Well, I, I, I will, of course. <laughs> um, let's see what was going on here. Okay. I'm sorry, I was distracted by my phone. For That's all right. Okay, so anyway, the um, Ohio State has a big game tomorrow. Uh, yes. Notre Dame. Yes. I think TV has moved the kickoff to 7.30 now. Oh, really? Yeah. So that should change here on our station, too. Um, I'm not sure. It, it may. But I thought the kickoff was at 7, but I think it's at 7.30 now. Okay. But I'm going to verify that here. All right. Well, make sure our people all know. Yes. Um, because we are an affiliate of each. Of course, we're the flagship for Ohio University Athletics. But we are also an affiliate of the uh, the Buckeye Network. Yes, the kickoff is at seven thirty. Okay. And uh, let's see, TV. I want to say I thought it was ABC, but I'm looking here and, and uh, nothing happening just yet. So I'm going to look at that as well. Well, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we will see a number of people in the stands attending the Bobcats. And maybe with a radio in hand or earbuds or something listening to um, Ohio State. If, you know, rather than not attending and watching it on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got to support our, our both our schools. Yeah, I, I'm still surprised that the Buckeyes are favored by 17 points. It's 17 now? Yeah. Playing a number five team? Wow. I, 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 you just don't see that. I mean, usually a point spreads less than seven points. How many friends have you had that went to Notre Dame? A few. Not, you know, not a bunch, maybe less than 10 that I can think of anyway. Mm-hmm. And at, uh, Notre Dame is a former Ohio State football player as the head coach now. So that's kind of ironic. Mm. Marcus Freeman. Huh. Yes, I remember that name. Yeah. So he is uh, the new head coach at Notre Dame in his first year. I enjoyed Brian Kelly. 
when he was there at Notre Dame. He's now at LSU. Brian Kelly was so funny to watch on TV. What made the – I mean, like, what oh, did when, he do? When he – well, I should say when he was behind, when Notre Dame was losing. Oh, my goodness. It was like uh, the, the end of the world sometimes. And he would get uh, li- a little theatrical, shall we say. Yeah. On – on. Uh, the sidelines there when his quarterback would come off the field. My goodness, he would read him the riot act. <laughs> I mean, he gave him the business up one side and down the other, as they say, and he uh, eventually got a warning from the Notre Dame president, you know, to, to because the cameras all zoomed in on, on him. Of course. And, uh, you know, there were lots of expletives that, that came out of the coach and the Notre Dame president, uh, warned him, well, I don't know, two or three years ago, that if he, if he didn't stop that, then they were going to have to talk yeah. about his future with Notre Dame football. Well, that's um, and, and he did get better at it I too. I, I will uh, say that. I would concur with what happened. Um, if he was using uh, filthy language and stuff like that. That's that's a no-no. Uh, yes, he was, and, and uh, um, you know Notre Dame's a historically Catholic school, yes. and you know, they frown upon such language. As most people. Yes, absolutely, but uh, all right, you know, especially there too. But um, well, let's let's jump into history, uh, historical events. So we started two and then didn't. Um, so the first one we have to mention today occurred in the year 1192 when Sultan Saladin and King Richard the Lionheart of England signed a treaty over Jerusalem that at the end of the Third Crusade. Yeah. The next one is in the year 1666, the Great Fire of London. Boy, we began... we. We've heard about this so many times during our lifetime. It began at 2 a.m. on Pudding Lane. And get this, 80% of the city of London was destroyed. 1666. Let's jump ahead to 1792, the September massacres of the French Revolution. In Paris, rampaging mobs slaughter three Roman Catholic bishops, more than 200 priests, and prisoners believed to be royalist sympathizers. You know, each morning as I go through some of these, and we don't have a guest, I'm always amazed at how how many huge killing sessions you know have taken place and yet today we hardly know about them because because they happened years ago and it's only in this kind of a report that we bring them back to uh, our attention. Mm-hmm. 
1864, Union General William T. Sherman captures and burns Atlanta during the Savannah Campaign. That was during the U.S. Civil War. Okay, so we mentioned VJ Day earlier when I was telling you about today was National This Day, National That Day. Right. 1945, VJ Day, formal surrender of Japan aboard the USS Missouri. I've been on board that ship briefly. Marks the end of World War II. The Japanese date was September 1st, but America calls it September 2nd. Okay, famous birthdays. Here's somebody I don't know. Andrew Grove, G-R-O-V-E. Um, born in 1936, died in 2016. Who was Andrew Grove? Well, let's just find out here. Andrew, G-R-O-V-E. Andrew Grove, a Hungarian-American businessman and engineer who served as the third CEO of Intel Corporation. Oh, my. He escaped from the communist-controlled Hungary at the age of 20 and moved to the United States where he finished his education. Okay. Celebrating his 58th <clears throat> birthday today, Keanu Reeves. And um, actor, right? Yes. And um, hit us with a few highlights. Keanu Reeves is a Canadian actor born in Beirut, and raised in Toronto, Reeves began acting in theater productions and television films before making his feature film debut in Youngblood. Hmm. Some of his other movies include The Matrix, Resurrection, and The Matrix, and uh, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. It seems like he was in some more popular i mean uh, i was gonna say that n- none of those, of those are all that familiar to yeah me. they didn't stick with me either speed was one he was in i think sandra bullock was also in that one and uh, bill and ted's excellent adventure yeah there's one for you there you go <laughs> okay now <clears throat> jimmy connors our tennis dude 70th birthday today wow that's hard to believe yeah 70 years young. Jimmy Connors, James Scott Connors, is an American former world number one tennis player. Wait a minute. He has the name Scott? Absolutely. How unfortunate. Can blame his grandparents for that one. Okay. I know. Yeah. Go do it. He held the top association of tennis professionals ranking for a then-record 160 consecutive weeks from 1974 to 1977 and a career total of 268 weeks. And he is 5 feet 10 inches tall. Selma Hayek, 56th birthday today. What a pretty gal. Um... What's her thing? Selma Hayek. She is, uh, let's get it here, a Mexican and American actress and producer. She began her career in Mexico with starring roles in 
telenovela Teresa, as well as the romantic drama El Callejón de los Milagros, for which she received an Ariel Award nomination. And I have not seen either of those. Some of her movies include From Dusk Till Dawn, Frida, Grown Ups, and Eternals. TV shows she starred in, Teresa from 1989 to 90, Ugly Betty from 2006 to 2010, 30 Rock from 2006 to 2013. Okay, <laughs> famous deaths today, Bob Denver, 1935 to 2005. Remember Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Oh, my. He was a skipper's little buddy. He was... Uh, that's what he always, Skipper always called him, Little Buddy. One of the features, his eyes, his the expressions in his eyes when things happen always caught my attention. He, uh, his real name, full name, Robert Osborne Denver, was an American comedic actor who portrayed Gilligan on the 1964-67 to 67 TV series Gilligan's Island and beatnik Maynard G. Krebs. Oh, yes. On the 1959 to 63 series of The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Yeah. Ho Chi Minh died on this date in 1969. He had been born in 1890. Ho Chi Minh. He was a Vietnamese revolutionary and statesman. He served as Prime Minister of North Vietnam from 1945 to 1955 and president from 1945 until his death in 1969. Yeah, and um, he had, um, how do I want to put it? He kind of postured his country into the position that the Vietnam War occurred. Yes, with the communism of the North versus the freedom and democracy of the South. And that that trail, Ho Chi Minh Trail, is infamous for the North Vietnamese sending many supplies to their troops that uh, the Allied forces, particularly the Americans, tried to cut off the Ho Chi Minh Trail, but were unsuccessful uh, in doing so, totally, they cut off some of it, but the Viet Cong established another trail just, I believe, west of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, about a mile west of that, that they continued using to transport supplies and ammunition. Folks, let me just go back to one of the items for a moment. In the year 1666, we said the Great Fire of London. Now, today, our fire departments have far more tools to fight a fire with. Pumper trucks. and um, Now, they had hand pump things back in 1666, but they didn't have the powerful, the, you know, they didn't have the hydraulic 
long reach arms or the ultra tall ladder trucks. Yeah, the ladder hoses. And all of that sort of thing. 80%. London was a big city back then. And yet, 80% of the city was destroyed. The weather didn't help. It was a very windy day and night. And how did it start? Well, they they think that it was simply sparks from a baker's oven that ignited in his house. 80% of the city destroyed. Wow. Well... The Southwest, so we're talking Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, even over a little bit into California. Fifty-some uh, million people living in that region are under extreme heat warnings and advisories simply caused by a late summer heat wave with record-breaking high temperatures expected over the weekend. So they've been dealing this for a few days, but it's going to get worse today, tomorrow, and likely Sunday. Get this now. In Death Valley, which is in California, Temperatures could reach as high as 127 degrees. Wow. Mercy, it could be 115 in L.A., in Los Angeles, where Sun Paul lives. They say temperatures will only cool slightly at night. So they're very concerned about, you know, the, re the, the risk of heat-related illness. So everybody out there has got to be extremely cautious. Separately, officials warned the extreme heat and drought conditions could increase the risk of wildfires in the western U.S. states. The rout fire which erupted Wednesday due to an extreme heat north of L.A., forced residents in the area to flee their homes. The scorching temperatures result from a phenomenon known as a heat dome, when hot air, usually moving in from the Pacific, gets trapped under a high-pressure system. Well, this unusually hot period is expected to, um, is supposed to last into next week. <coughs> We've talked about this a little bit, but uh, we can do it some more. College football kicks off. Um, well, there was a great game on last night in the Big Ten. Well, Pitt and WVU had a 
pretty good game too. Great finishes to both of them. I, you know, I it just didn't even occur to me. Yeah, usually on the first week of major college football, Division One, they they will do this just to kick off the season, have games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sundays sometimes. But uh, I I had a meeting from six to nine. Purdue and Penn State game last night. I thought Purdue was going to win that. They picked off a pass with about, I don't know, two, three minutes left in the game and uh, ran it back for about a 60-yard pick six, as they call an interception and return for a touchdown. And then Penn State went back down the field and scored to win. So Pittsburgh beat West Virginia. Pitt beat West Virginia on the same, kind of the same type of play where – the receiver uh, missed the bit, went off his hands into the defender of uh, Pitt. Interception. Yep, interception, another pick six. Well, let's see here. What do we have on this report? It says uh, the 2022 college football season kicks into full swing tomorrow with a number of high-profile games scheduled for opening weekend. The defending champion and number three-ranked Georgia Bulldogs featured in the day's early uh, marquee matchup. It will be playing number 11, Oregon. That's a 3.30 game. I think it's on ABC. Yes. In a quasi-home game for Georgia in nearby Atlanta. Georgia returns 10 starters from its 2021 squad, including the starting quarterback, Stetson Bennett. In the biggest week one matchup, yep, we've talked about this already. Uh, Have them come in and join us for a minute. We have the dogs in the station here. Come on. Okay, come on. They're going the other way. Oh. I thought they could say hi to our audience. Well, you see them every day, don't you? Oh, you want them to say hi to the audience. Yeah, but that's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Um, See, I lost my place. Oh, in the biggest uh, week one matchup, yep, the Ohio State Buckeyes host the number five Notre Dame in Columbus. It's a 7.30 game on ABC. And it'll also be heard right here. The Buckeyes, who had one of the top-ranked offenses last year, return Heisman candidate quarterback C.J. Stroud, along with three-year, I'm sorry, three first-team preseason Associated Press All-Americans. Excuse me. Among other notable games, number seven Utah travels to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators. That's a 7 p.m. game. I think that's on ESPN. While LSU hosts Florida State Sunday in New Orleans, scam likely. Okay, back to this. Um, Anyway, lots of football to be enjoyed this weekend. But I'm going to go to the Bobcats. Mikhail Gorbachev. 
The last leader of the Soviet Union will be buried tomorrow in Moscow. A committed member of the Communist Party, Gorbachev rose to power in 1985 amid broad corruption in a weak economy, aiming to restructure the stagnant Soviet system. He was eventually ousted in 1991. Hailed by the West for initiating political reforms, Gorbachev was criticized for, rather by his party for failing to prevent Soviet collapse. He was awarded the 1990 Nobel Peace Prize for his role in ending the Cold War. He also <laughs> oversaw the response to the Chernobyl crisis and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. The current president, Vladimir Putin, a vocal critic, will not attend the funeral after opting to leave flowers at his coffin yesterday. That's a, that's a bit of a slap in the face. Meanwhile, the Ukraine is looking to expand its counteroffensive to the east and north. And we'll give you more reports on that as that occurs. Let's see here. We have about four minutes remaining. Serena Williams. Holy cow. And she isn't done yet. She takes the court again tonight in New York. You know, it's, it's just one of those sports stories that has become big enough to fascinate even people who don't normally follow sports. So at 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, Serena Williams improbable run at what seems to be her final U.S. Open will continue. Um, wow. The main attraction? She is it. As has happened repeatedly during the past two decades, the U.S. Open is feeding off the electric energy provided by Serena. She is, of course, one of several hundred professional tennis players at Flushing Meadows, a list that includes legends such as Rafael Nadal and promising upstarts like Coco Gauff. But as long as she remains in the hunt for her 24th Grand Slam singles title, Serena will be the prime mover here. Everyone else is playing in her orbit. And wow, what an orbit it is. Flushing Meadows now. Um, what a place. So it should be for the women who appears to be moving on from the game after becoming arguably the greatest 
player ever, male or female, and so it should be for the woman who barged past cloistered tennis gates here in 1999, when she won the U.S. Open at the age of 17. You've watched her, right? Yes. She's impressive. Yes, she is. Just all there is to it. Yes. Um, President Biden warned against a blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence. I think he's also... uh, made some reference to um, limiting certain types of weapons. That's that's a relatively new item, although it's been talked about a lot. Well, Scott, what are you doing tomorrow? Well, uh, lots of college football on, I do believe. So that's on the agenda. Sunday, you probably have, the same. <coughs> you have tickets to the game? Yeah, I'm, I will be out of town. Okay. So, enjoy the game. You I will. And, you and Mo. Yeah, you know, try to find a few others, too. And whoever, yes. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe out there. Go Bobcats. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM's. CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. Job growth is still powering the economy through high inflation. The Labor Department says employers added 315,000 positions in August. That's down more than 200,000 from July. But economists say hiring still chugging along at a solid pace. Bank rates, Mark Hamrick. The Federal Reserve looks at these August jobs numbers along with the recently reported number of job openings topping 11 million versus 6 million unemployed and regards the labor market as still hot even if the unemployment rate has now edged up from the recent low. It was at 3.7% in August from 3.5% the month before. Higher prices aren't keeping people from traveling this Labor Day weekend, but more than 2,000 flights have already been canceled this week. Correspondent Chris Van Cleve asked Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. How do you feel about going into the Labor Day weekend? I do think 